0: Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast, your home for all things Balter Wanderers, up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast
1: Good evening ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast, it's a pleasure to have you all with us What can you expect from this evening's episode? Well, of course, we'll have our post-match reactions following a really impressive 2-0 away win at Charlton Athletic. We'll follow that up with your fan zone man of the match, who will get that. You'll have to stay tuned to find that one out. But as always, as you're watching along, get your comments in and you can share your views and thoughts and we'll get them on the podcast. We'll follow that up with Colin's pre-match presser, our newest segment. Uh, Callum's stat preview so stay tuned for that one and we'll finish of course on chris's fan zone fan focus so without further ado let's get into this evening's episode so good evening ladies and gents Uh, i'm going to be honest if you're watching on screen and wondering why we're all in a different layout i can tell you
2: uh we
1: tried something new that looks really wrong <laughs> as well.
2: Um, Stop messing about! Look how you doing are yeah. you there, you go, see?
0: Bloody hell! Bloody
2: Good hell. evening, Stop. ladies and gentlemen. It's James. not
0: broke, Ben. It is not broke. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Come on, we're tinkering. Majority of these people from Bolton were simple people. We just want things it to be is. simple. Well, we,
1: we've got to make it look nice for them. We've got to make You're it look nice. Welcome, welcome back, You're episode on. fifty-eight, uh, and at last we. Jekyll performance. Uh Obviously, it's been a, a bit of a weird week. I think we started off last Saturday with Jekyll and Hyde. We came to Tuesday with Jekyll and Hyde, and then Jekyll again. Saturday rolled around, Charlton Athletic, and it was a just Jekyll performance at last. What we've been crying out for as fans. So uh, we will, of course, now get into our post-match reactions, and as always. Drop your thoughts in, get your comments on the live stream and we'll get some of them out. And if you're listening back on Spotify, wondering how you can get involved, then if you head over to our socials, all of the details for the live streams are over there. But you can tune in on YouTube, Twitter or Facebook, ping in your comments and we'll get them up as we go along. But without further ado, we'll jump into our post-match reactions. (laughs) So, as we mentioned, an impressive 2-0 away, away win for the Wanderers. That's a, that's a mouthful. Uh we handed over to Chris last week because he was there. So we'll go for Ange. You were there as well. Ladies first, so we'll carry on that spirit. What did you make of the game against Charlton?
3: Well, I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Give everybody but, an insight into how long it took you to get there and get all man, Just come on.
3: Oh, thank God. It was like about six hours each way or so. stupid. It was oh, it were mental. <laughs> I'm so tired. But it was worth every single second for the Whites. We're all happy when the Whites win. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was like the name of the pod suggests. It was a... It was... Oh, sorry. It was oh, a jackal. Jekyll- that oh! stupid, stupid macbook anyway
1: it's not a wednesday pod we can't be doing this i know no,
3: sorry, um... i'm making it all wednesday
0: um yeah, so... people watching live here come on can we can we get with the program a little bit
3: here <laughs> it's live it's live these things happen bloody hell um, yeah so where was that um a much better performance a much more solid performance one which at half time I did start to worry again that we were going to see a repeat of the previous two. But as it goes, um, I felt pretty comfortable throughout. There was a, just a couple of little hairy moments, where which you expect in every match. But I, I thought, and I think the Pigeons agreed, that we had the game by the yeah. streets of the neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Some really good performances. Um, that Randall, um, Geth, Santos, I think there was a... It was a really good team performance. Um, we were moving the ball really quickly. Um, I just, I just had a right good day. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> really enjoyed myself.
1: Absolutely, it was uh, it was a fantastic showing from the Wanderers. Chris, you were also there in attendance. What did you make of the game? Who stood out for you, both for Charlton and for the Wanderers? And uh, if you could summarise the game, how would you uh, how would you phrase that performance?
2: Um, I'll start with who stood out for Charlton um, and it was probably Lieburn when he came on um, and I think that says a lot for how they performed, considering the talent that they've got in that team Um, with Tyrese Campbell Blackett Taylor Alfie May, I think Alfie May showed a lot of endeavour, didn't really say anything to me that I thought, oh, we should, wish we'd signed him. Um, even though he's, obviously his goal output's been brilliant. And, you know, he's class, he's a class act, but didn't do anything for me. Um, for us, obviously Randall Williams, again, upping it a notch in terms of performance levels for himself. Um, Santos, just, I mean, you just need to listen to the Charlton supporters. Feedback, if you look across Twitter, if you watch any of their vlogs, if you watch anything, uh,
0: their podcast, Shout and Live. <clears throat> obviously, we did some work with last week. Chris, sorry to we sorry to met, and, and I know Ben's aware of this, and I'm not sure whether you are, but the viewers are having huge difficulties with uh, our streaming tonight. So I don't obviously want you to continue to make very valid points and it for not to be worth any while. Um, Ben is is there anything we can do about this in the interim or what do you suggest yes
1: uh, if you're struggling with um heck difficulties and it looks like you're watching as Hayden said there the football on the dodgy stick then if you head over to Facebook um or Twitter you should be able to get as clear as day on there I think it's YouTube that's the issue um but if you bob on Twitter your comments won't come through like on the chat but what I'll do is I'll keep an eye on um on the actual post, if you head over to the stream on Twitter and then just type your replies in there, what I'll do is I'll pick some out and I'll read them out obviously from there, uh, or head over to Facebook. Uh, it's at the fan zone pod. You can see them all at the bottom of the screen there. Uh, so get, head over there and you'll be able to find us. But yeah, I think it's YouTube that's causing the issues. Oh, and I do I'm, apologize for that. Purely,
0: purely coincidental with you messing about with it then at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the the I, would
1: so. <laughs> I would hope so.
2: You, you've caused YouTube. YouTube.
1: Some, pe- some people are saying it's fine, others are struggling. So if you are one of those that's struggling with it, ben, then yeah, head over to Facebook or Twitter and we'll find you over there. Um, but don't miss out. Uh, so sorry, Chris, back over there. I think
2: it's quite a lot of people are saying it's fine now. No, Just a temporary glitch. It's uh,
3: lies, people. It, it's it, We have issues from time to time.
2: Yeah, and, we are, yeah. and we're relying on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah.
1: I mean, last week Facebook was out. This week, obviously, we're having a few issues. So yeah, that's Fans. part and parcel of the live shows. We're afraid Um if we could do anything about it, we would do.
2: If only YouTube was as reliable as a fan zone podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there were there are there are a ton of I I I, I honestly I'm 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 just gonna, I'm just going to say it. I think Sheehan might be the new Lloyd Isgrove. Um, <laughs>
3: That is that is praise indeed,
2: isn't it? I, 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 in in the words of the song, I just can't help falling in love with you. You know what? I tell you what. I I don't know if anybody watched the the Manchester derby (laughs) (laughs) earlier, um, but I've got a new name for him, Bernardo (laughs) sheehan because (laughs) honestly, it. Uh, Have a nice
0: evening, everyone.
2: Yeah, (laughs) good night. Um, <laughs> One
3: honestly,
2: way to get rid of Colin. <laughs> at, at, our, at our level, that's what he—that's what he does. That's how he influences our yeah. team. He makes us tick. Yeah. He's not. He's not, of course he's not nowhere near as good as Bernardo Silva. But on that level, <laughs> he's comparable in terms of how he drives us forward, how he calms us down, how he sets us up. Just how he does things, he's just so right. Um He's just phenomenal. And you could give him man of the match every week at the moment. I think a few weeks ago we were saying that he's a, he's a bit of a luxury player and he's very effective in certain games. Now, without getting too giddy and carried away, he's starting to become effective in every game. And that's the mark of a of a quality player who's really finding his tempo
0: and, and you know, where he's at in that team. Can I add to that? Very, yes. Yeah. Can, I add, can I add to that? Do you think the reason for that is the emergence isn't the right word, but the improved element of uh, George Thomason's game? Yeah. yeah. Because it's allowing Sheehan to, to dictate the game because he's getting more of the ball in... He in protects him,
2: doesn't he? He's, exactly, that- yeah. He, he's becoming more physical and I just to just to caveat that with the fact that the yellow card habit has starts for now. Um that's so that says to me that one. Yeah, that he's he he he, he knows his boundaries or you know, he's he's understanding his boundaries better. Um I think the other reason and this isn't a negative comment against Kyle Dempsey, but I think having an injured Kyle Dempsey taken out of the equation has also brought some balance into that midfield. I thought Aaron Morley yesterday was excellent in that first half, particularly. I thought Magoma, when he came on in the second half for Thomason, which was a surprise, I thought he'd come on for Morley, but when Magoma came on, he did well. We just seem to have Options. An embarrassment of riches all of a sudden in that midfield. Uh, and are well, now in a position
1: well. where we can rotate quite freely as well yeah. and bring players in, you know, that are more suited to certain games. Um, It's just, we're really, really fortunate in that position. I think
0: midfield is definitely our strongest area, I think, on, certainly on paper, uh, in terms There's of technical ability, uh, both in and out of possession as well from individuals. Yeah. But overall,
2: as a team, uh, sorry. Sorry, there's one person who I've not mentioned who should 100% get a shout-out, more than a shout-out, in fact, because he did well at Wickham, I thought. And I thought he did exceptionally well yesterday, and that's Gethine Jones. Uh, and I say that with the consideration of where he's come from.
0: Oh, what's that? Especially Geth. I put him in yeah. notes here. Exactly that. He he was at, at
2: Wickham, at Charlton, he and and for me as well, even though he didn't have a great game at um at home against Northampton, I, I thought he brought something to that those games that we were missing. Um and his form's just improving. So long may that continue. But I thought he was excellent yesterday.
1: Absolutely. Colin, um, how did you find the game? Uh, obviously, Chris has mentioned on some standout performers there. Just take us a little bit more into that. And obviously, I know you were watching on iFellow, so it's sometimes hard to gauge, especially with the off the ball stuff. Um, but what did you think of uh, individual performances? I know Santos has had, you know, some some really great shouts and, and ca- plaudits from Charlton fans and Bolton fans alike. Uh, obviously, Chris has mentioned Geth uh, and the likes there. Who for you stood out in that Wanderers side?
0: Um. I think it's, um, once again, it's 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 important that we recognise the output of Randall Williams. I think that he was fantastic in the full-back position, uh, once again. Obviously, he scored a, a, a belter. Um, but I think he's, he's always making himself available offensively and defensively as well, in terms of his cover. Um, yeah. So, he's a bit of a standout. I actually thought about the game in general. I know, obviously, I'm deterring away from your question there, Ben, but... I thought we controlled the that's game hilarious. without without really having to break too much of a sweat to be honest that's that's kind of what I picked up whilst watching it um and did we I'm probably going to get pelted did we play that well did we have to play that well is what I'm getting at I think we we played in a, in a, in a manner that allowed us to could you know just dictate the game without actually playing our best do you get what I mean um,
3: yeah, there was another gear left. There was definitely another gear left,
0: it felt like. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. it was couple, I think. And I think the reason why I'm saying that is because my standout player yesterday was um, one of several players from from the defensive line. Um, so it might give us an indication that defensively that, you know, we, we stood up and, and you know, uh, played well effectively from a defensive point of view. Um, I also thought it was good to see the amount of commitment going forward in numbers as well uh, from the team obviously it w- we were uh, on the counter I thought we were pretty good when when they were obviously putting us under a bit of pressure uh, but yeah all in all I think it was a, a cracking performance but individually I'd say uh, Randell and, and of course Rico were, were two standouts and me
1: Absolutely. I would echo all of your thoughts there in the chat, very much on board. Um, plaudits for Sheehan there saying that he's forgot about his past injuries. You know, he's, he's he's into tackles more, his defensive duties are becoming more and more sound each and every week. Um, Liam said he's willing to ride a challenge, put a tackle in, and that confidence only with each passing game, uh, obviously will grow. So, yeah, great plaudits all around. I thought it was a, a fantastic performance, but yeah, as you said, an extra gear, uh, available there, but I don't think we needed it. It was, uh, a very, very well-rounded performance.
0: Can I add something to, to what Chris was saying about Gethin? Um, when he got sent off against Peterborough the other week, I, I made the comment that I thought he, he could do with having a long, hard look at himself after that performance. And not only that, his performance prior to that game as well. And, and I think he paid reference to the Peterborough game yesterday in his interview with Wonders TV. So I think that he's, he's done exactly that and gone back to... The drawing board a little bit in his performances and, and yesterday and, and certainly like Chris said on on Wednesday it was um, sorry Tuesday it was he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So got uh, hats off to him is what I'm what I'm trying to yeah. allude really, really to.
1: Absolutely, uh, a great turnaround. It's uh, it's good to see him back to his you know consistent self yeah. for, for weeks on end. He was a constant seven out of ten again.
0: Um, sorry Ben, to add again to that, he's mentioned again in that interview yesterday with we just TV that. Um, getting Morley, who we're gonna to have to keep referring to him as, was fantastic whilst he was out of the team. So, that pressure, knowing that somebody is literally just ready to right. step into your shoes, yeah. is obviously a competition for places critical, isn't it? yeah,
1: absolutely. We'll have now, of course, hand over to Ange for your fan zone man of the match.
3: okay so as always we'd love to have your thoughts in the chat let us know who is your man of the match and if you want to give us a little elaboration as to why then feel free Um, i think this week we will start with colin on the panel please
0: thank you very much anj quite a rarity <laughs> a rare delight um as i said you know there's a couple of standard performances yesterday i thought like i say randall williams played pretty well um I thought Baxter played pretty well in goal, actually, from when, when he got called upon. He obviously made his usual crucial self, uh, save. Sorry, should I say. Um, but I think the man of the match, as every single Charlton fan in the country, or certainly s- south of uh, the M25, um, Seem to think Ricardo Sanz is the best thing since sliced bread. And I'll, I'll continue to reiterate that because, as everybody knows or who's been following this podcast for a while, I have nothing but good things to say about our captain. I think he's phenomenal I think it leads by example um and again he, he won everything yesterday without breaking too much of a sweat um he just showed once again why he's head and shoulders um our best player I think uh, and how critical he is to us obviously Deon Charles might have something to say against that but I think he's you know really critical to where we play um build it from the back. Obviously dictating the game defensively, which he does, dictates the game, I think, as well, defense from from a defensive point of view. Um, and it, he was it was great yesterday again. Um it's like there's two, two or three of them at, at once, in there, really. Mm. Um so yeah, Ricardo Santos is my man of the match.
3: Good shout, really good shout. Um who are you having, Chris?
0: Uh, I'm gonna i I'm gonna go with
2: who I mentioned earlier, um, which is Gethin Jones. As I say, I base that on where, where he's come from in recent weeks and the, the improvement levels that, that he's showing. Um but also I just wanted to mention um someone who we've not nobody's mentioned today, um, who I thought again was excellent, and that was Victor Adebayo. Um thought he had an excellent game yesterday. He was absolutely bang up for it. Um that layoff for off De- for Dion in the second half which Dion probably had a little bit too much time with his first touch wasn't great but the hold up I play didn't, in the ball group, did he take his first time that he should we said I couldn't said to, said to Sam he should just hit that
0: he's probably he's yeah. one of the most instinctive yeah. goal scorers in the whole EFL and he just why he took a touch I, I, can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it
2: yeah
1: it almost seemed like he wasn't actually expecting the ball.
2: Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal pass. I mean, when when Vic plays it through, when he plays it round the corner, he's got his back to goal, and and he's got a defender behind him, and he's got a defender to the side of him, and he just puts it through pair of them. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I think again, another it's an, he's another player who's showing Mark's improvement week on week. So, but my man of the match is Gethin Jones.
3: Yeah, no, really good shout, that Chris. Um, I'm struggling a little bit because I watch on YouTube at the same time as I do this, and it mine started to buffer now, so I'm struggling a little bit for comments in the chat. So hopefully by the time Ben's done it, it might have caught up a little bit. So go on, Ben, use your one of them out.
1: Yeah, for anyone who has just tuned in and was wondering why the YouTube seems to be a little slow, I think it's an issue over there. Uh, so head over to Twitter or Facebook uh, and join the stream on there and we'll, we'll obviously welcome you in. Um, so You can catch us all over. But for me, my man of the match for Saturday, uh, someone that's been talked about quite a lot, um, is Randall Williams. I thought yesterday was possibly up there with one of his best. Uh, which I think we also said you know, in recent weeks. I think he's just been fantastic. Uh, his goal contributions are, are coming and and they're, they're important from that position to take that reliance off the front two. When you've got players that that can create opportunities and score opportunities across the pitch, it, it relieves that burden on the front two. So for me, Randall Williams was fantastic. I thought his goal was really, really well taken. He made himself available from, from none other than a short corner, yeah, for me, Randall, he was he was superb. His defensive contributions were, were up there with some of his best as well. He did really, really well to deal with with Tyrese Campbell, who was their, their young lad on the wing who is electrically fast. Uh, so, yeah, for me, Randall Williams this week.
3: And it looks like the deciding vote comes down to me. So, for the same reasons as Ben and because he has been... Improving week on week, and I think this is going to be hopefully a season to prove the doubt is wrong for Randall Williams. Um it, absolutely for me, the man of the match for this week's part is Randall Williams.
0: Although, well done, although he oh. probably should have had a hat trick, yeah, he should. <laughs> Put that back back
3: that. But I'll take that from a position from a from a player in not position. He's got no it's, business really. Not crit- not at
0: at him. I'm not criticizing. i yeah, he, he could have had Antrim though. He definitely yeah. could, but he was
3: brilliant. I think, he? I think the chat, from what I could see, was kind of going Rico Randall. though. Um, yeah, I think we've. I think we've. Everyone's on, the, on a similar page to us. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Super splendid job. We will now hand over to Colin uh, for his very well prepared, was pretty much presser. <laughs>
0: Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I've clearly, <laughs> clearly <laughs> been talking about moving behind my back. You know, we we're not prepared. You know what? <laughs> uh, extremely live. I can live
4: with that. It's very sorry.
0: So, uh, live from a toilet, Shrewsbury Town in our next league fixture, um, managed by former Wanderer Matty Taylor, who once scored one of my favourite ever away goals against West Ham United uh, with a wonderful left peg from back in the day. Um, I I just didn't know that for some bizarre reason. Well, it's good to have prepared myself, isn't it, for this bit? It only really? um, well, gives us the info we need. The info you need, we, lo- we, we last played um, at Shrewsbury uh, back in December of last year. And of course, we lost 3 2 from taking the lead. The last. Well, the well, less said about that, the better, for obvious reasons. Um, Shrewsbury have won two of the last six, drawing one and losing three. Um, they lost yesterday 2 0 to Wigan. Contributing factor towards that maybe the sending off of. Mm. Shane Dunkley, who's the centre-back. Um Wigan as well, isn't he? Yeah, which of course means he'll be suspended versus the Whites um, mm-hmm. a week on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, he, he got sent for five minutes for a, a straight red card. Um, and to add insult to the injury, as far as Shrewsbury is concerned, um, Shane Dunkley is statistically the best player this, so far this season. Um, average rating on who scored... Um, he's 7.35 for that particular gentleman. Um, so for those who follow yeah. that Jazz, it's pretty good. And as a comparison, uh, Randall Williams is our top performer on um, that particular website, and he's 7.19 or 7.19 uh, Randall. So Shane Dunkley has been performing better this season than than Randall. So as a comparison, I think that's good news for us. Um But I don't think it will make that much of a difference anyway, because I think we should be going to Shrewsbury very, very, very confident. Um, So even though I have been unprepared for this little segment, um, Ben, what are you expecting going into the game a week on Tuesday?
1: I'll be honest, I'm expecting us to blow them away. I hope the lads don't go there with the idea that that is already a foregone conclusion. I think we still need to, you know, prepare as vigorously as we would do for any other game. I think we still need to turn up with the same mentality um, to get business done and bring home three points irrespective of who we're playing. I don't think we can afford to, to let that mentality slip. I'm sure Everett will, will, will do his best to not let that happen. But I think it's crucial that we go there, uh, not expecting three points and, and knowing that we're going to need to work for it. be interested to see how Shrewsbury line up, You know whether they try and come at us on their own pitch or whether it'll be a case of sitting back and, and holding on to whatever they can. I think wouldn't likely frustrate their home fans, especially given their goal record this season. It's been been truly woeful. So, looking forward to it. Actually, I think it's a really good opportunity for us to kick on and really, you know, carry spear on that siege on. mentality. I
0: think we've kicked on four wins in the last Well, five.
1: yeah, absolutely. Keep um, oh, yeah. it, it, it going, big. absolutely. Yeah. Can't afford to, to let that slip because it could really, you know, derail things to go there and, and not come away with three points. Um,
0: um, for for those, those who are wondering why we're not talking about the FA Cup game uh, this coming Saturday, um, as I'm sure Ben, Chris and Angel will reiterate, we don't ordinarily um, discuss the Cup games earlier on in the com- respective competitions. Um, You
1: see plenty of us and I'm sure you don't need to see any more for the Cup games.
0: (laughs) Fully aware we play Solihull Moors on Saturday, just to add to that. Um, say people are asking about Solihull now. Um, Chris, what are you expecting ahead of uh, the Tuesday game against Shrewsbury?
2: Um, Well, we looked at the three away games as a sort of mini-league again, going back to what we were talking about last season, about mini-leagues and about what we'd expect from those three games. Um, I don't think I have spoken to anybody, and I certainly didn't expect to take nine points from Wickham, Charlton and Shrewsbury away, but we've given ourselves a great opportunity to do that. Um, we need to be super professional, um and make sure that happens Um there's been something there's been some lessons learned in the last few weeks um mm. I see areas of concern that look to be being addressed pretty quickly so yeah I don't want us to go there take the lead take Throw away again. and then end up losing like we did last time um I'm going to go I'm going to go for
0: a strong a strong win I'm going to go for a couple nil. Just just to add to what you've just said, Chris, in regards, um, you didn't expect us to pick up nine points from, from three games. No. Do you feel that we don't, as a, as a fan base, um, think that we're as good as what other teams' fans do? And I say that, or not even as fans, the opposition as a as a... As a, as a thing, like, you know, Charlton, for example, the weekend, I've seen that we were apparently being used as a benchmark as to where, yeah, you know, yeah. they're tra- striving to get to as, as as a club. And obviously, I think that a lot of clubs outside of our little Bolton wanderers bubble probably think that we are about that team. So, why is it that we don't think we're as good as we are? Because I think we've... Se-
2: you, you only get a snapshot, don't you? As an... As yeah. a- so I, I always look at other clubs, and obviously the one I'm sure we're all looking at at the moment is Portsmouth. Given the fact that they have what 25 games unbeaten um, going into last season, obviously as well, because they're only 15 games in themselves. Yeah. But um, I think we you only see so much, and you can paint some pictures which aren't exactly accurate. Um, I think we see it we see it more representatively if that makes sense. That that you know games like Carlisle, games like Reading, games like Wigan.
0: Just picking um, the defeats up though, aren't we?
2: But, yeah, second halves against Northampton, second halves against Port Vale, which are the Jekyll and
0: Hyde that we've, we've been talking about for weeks. but we know <laughs> we know why we were, we know why we were poor against them teams oh, in the second oh, half. That's a difference, we though. That's a different stretched, Team stretched squad.
2: Yeah, yeah, but teams teams that go up adapt, and teams mm. that go up get through that. And I think that's probably what's planted that seeded out. No, um, okay. I, th- I think we've ridden it really well, all considered. Well, I mean, yeah, the table yeah. table don't lie. No, the table don't lie. We've, we're six points behind the team with a game in hand. Six points behind Portsmouth with a game in hand, who haven't lost in twenty five games.
0: Mm. Oh no, I know it. well I know it, but we are. that's why I'm
2: that's why yeah. I'm always that's not directed really. at you that's directed at, at, at certain quarters who I can understand they're getting frustrated I think we've, we've already dealt with this and said that expectations were set goals were set and that was automatic promotion think about Ebert's post-match interview at Oakwell when we lost the playoffs yeah that we're going up and we'll be spending in in i'm paraphrasing but that was that was the context of the conversation and then subsequent to that that the objective is promotion and that's the expectation and we've seen ridiculous expectations set this season and it frustrates people when we don't get there um but i think that that
1: that specifically is the key difference between us and the away fans the away fans don't see that they don't see the full 90s every week yeah. And it's the same with you know when we rock up to places and and places like Shrewsbury you know we look at the league table and see that you've not scored many goals. Like, well this is going to be a walkover, but you know we don't know, and that's why the preview shows that we've started doing uh, are really good, which is a shameless plug, but if you are interested in obviously. finding out, then you just get that extra insight.
0: Yeah, I had a conversation, I had a conversation with Dad today actually about that about the the preview shows because obviously that the reason the reason why we have got all of us have gotten. A mentality towards the opposition um it's simply because we don't have a, as much information on the opposition yeah, yeah. Um so he was saying because my dad he's got an obsession with the premier league and a very little obsession with league one which is kind of understandable but he was saying how good the preview shows are for that exact reason so I if you know. haven't seen the preview show please jump on it and let us know your thoughts because obviously we're putting a quite a lot of hard work into that
2: yeah, it is important, and going back to what you were saying, Col. I think I think we do need to sometimes not lose perspective. Of, in comparison to other clubs in the same league that we play in, that actually we're not we're not bad at all, are we? Um, you know, we do we do some really good things both on and off the pitch, and um, Charlton. You know, we you know, we talk about our European conquests and we talk about this, but think about Portsmouth, think about Charlton, they've been there as well. Yeah. You know, they've graced the Premier League and they've been they've been there. What makes us different to them?
0: No, well last
2: time I went to do you
3: not think sometimes sometimes it's because we know how well they can play. So we watch yeah. that absolutely amazing performance of Wembley and we know what they're capable of. And it's just born of frustration in it that yeah. you know what the, what the potential is and it's not all, and it's not, it's not week in week out that we're performing like that. And and I think that's, that's kind of in a there nutshell for most people. That's the thing. It's the, it's knowing what they can do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you take that performance at Wembley, just for a minute, just for a minute, just you and me, and you take that performance at Wembley and you put it against a team in the lower reaches of, of Premier League, Luton, Sheffield United, no disrespect to these teams, obviously doing brilliantly. Well, they're not. They're doing shockingly bad, but they're in the Premier League. Is That's the point? I'm making badly. But yeah. I think if you took that performance level and put it against the premier a bottom lower level premier league team it would hold its own it's that good and the point i'm making again quite badly is that you can't sustain it you can't possibly sustain that for the for, no. for the duration of a season you can Not raise your game. no it, it, well, that, you can raise yeah. your game we've all seen it haven't we i mean you think about the fa cup 20 years ago when it was a thing um the mm. teams Well, we've done it. The white hot years. Giant killing.
0: Yeah.
2: A team pushes themselves that far, that hard. They've got nothing to lose. And they go into a game and they they upset a Man United and Arsenal. (laughs) And I think it's a similar kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And it it, it kind of leads to what Brandon's just said as well. He said he gets um, pissed off with a lack of consistency. It really winds him up. It shouldn't wind you up, Brandon. I don't think it's consistency. Well... I just saying it shouldn't really wind him up because you've got to always remember that we're playing, we've got players in our squad that are league one footballers, Correct. no end championship, at a posh, some of them. Yeah. So we, we've got to remember that, that they're not always going to be absolutely flying week in, week out to the, to the standards that you obviously expect. No.
2: It, um, it's, it's like the Dion Charles conversation, Colin. I mean, look at it now. I mean, obviously 20 goals plus last season. He's the first goal scorer to break 10. In consecutive before seasons, November. Since
0: before November as well.
2: Uh, it's not, yes, yeah, not even November. I mean, he, he's he's pushing the boundary every season. He's getting better and better and better. But how many times do we have that conversation? Oh, he should have buried that. Oh, he should have scored that. Oh, he should have more. He should have fifteen. He should have. Da-da-da-da-da. If he did, and if he was, and if he had, yeah.
4: he we'll would not
0: be, play we'll be playing
2: for us. For we'll Sorry, that's the reality, and that is what you're you really doing. you're measuring it against. What what's the true measure? If you're gonna yeah. comment on something or give an opinion on something, what are you measuring it against? Because it has to be realistic, and it's it's frustrating as hell.
0: Yeah, I got a little bit annoyed yesterday when I was watching it, and then I I, I thought exactly that, and it's about Dion as well. And I'm sure if he was he's probably thought about it himself since he, he he's probably got home, but there was an instance yesterday where we were Played about the, the ball a little bit. It was in the first half, and the keeper came, the keeper came rushing out, he made a half decent save, but he, he just fumbled the ball a little bit. And then oh, okay, he yeah, yeah. managed to get hold of the ball,
4: and he was yeah. offside.
0: No any rough offside. All oh, right, okay. He came from an offside position when really he's looking right along the defensive line. Oh, yeah. A better player, he's more on his toes. He's ah, more no,
4: onside,
0: yeah, yeah. on yeah. he gets hold the ball, he thinks it's about the port, and, and obviously we then probably go on and score. But I got a little bit annoyed, then I thought to myself, "He's grafting his Rollocks off here. Like oh, he's, he's obviously he's, he's he's below his level. To be fair, I think he is a championship forward, um, but he is in League One. Do you get what I mean? So
3: he's
0: got a couple league. little bit of slack. Is what I'm trying. Is what I'm trying yeah. to get. at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Proper digress though into the from. The oh, what <laughs> well, segment are we
3: even on? I don't what know. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it's still yours in it
0: no it's not we've done one in the match haven't
2: we?
1: We, we we've done that one it's Colin's, pretty much pressure I, it's
0: which is now finished so thank you very much sorry for my lack of preparation by the way it's very well won. prepared that Colin. well done thank
4: you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just before we head into our next newest segment we've of course got our sponsor shout out <laughs> So, huge thank you to the guys over at Eco Warm Windows for being our headline sponsor for the 2023 24 season. Uh, Unbelievable, folks. Uh, We say it every week and we mean it. If you want to find out more about our sponsors, be it Eco Warm, Drip Drip Tech, uh, Sushma Snacks, uh, BBS Window Blinds, any of them, then if you head over to www.thefanzonepod.co.uk, you'll find everything you need over there. But of course, as always, uh, a huge, huge thank you to Uh, the guys over at eco warm windows so we will now move on to our newest segment Uh, we gave you a little teaser last time around but but here it is In true Ashley Young fashion, uh, we thought we would carry on the toilet humour that, that Colin knows and loves with our newest segment, Get Stat On. Uh, I mean, seeing as he live streams from his toilet, we may as well play on it a little bit for whilst we've still got it. So great
0: banter then. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you banter then.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> We'll hand over to our newest team member for our newest segment, which is, of course, Callum and his Get Stat On segment.
4: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the Fan Zone podcast. I'm interrupting you to give you a small statistical preview of the upcoming fixture against Shrewsbury. They've only scored seven goals this season from expected goals at 12.4, meaning that they are second bottom for league goals per match with just 0.5. They're also second bottom for passes per sequence, with just 2.23. This refers to how they like to possess the ball and how direct they are when they're attacking. And Clearly, they are incredibly direct when they get the ball, because they've only had 40 sequences of play over 10 passes, compared to Bolton, who have had 123. Daniel Uder appears to be the main attacking threat, with two goals and two assists this season. Playably without mainstay Dunkley at the back after a red card against Wigan. This should be an absolute breeze for the Wanderers. Speaking of breeze, it's going to be absolutely freezing. So bring your big coat. Enjoy the podcast.
1: You've got to love it, don't you? You've got to love it. It's just fantastic.
4: Um, I'm
1: sure he's tuning in tonight to, to drown his sorrows after a disappointing derby day for the Reds, who he unfortunately tells us he supports, but we all know he's a Wanderer, really. But it would seem it's going to be relatively straightforward for the Wanderers. I mean, I don't think there ever is such a thing, but on paper, we're looking at uh, what could be a quite an impressive win for the Wanderers, not to get ahead of ourselves, but those stats certainly paint a picture of, of perhaps what to expect coming up to Shrewsbury, a really quite direct team, not many passing sequences, especially not over of 10 passes, as Callum said there. So it's looking like it's going to be a, a relatively direct approach from Shrewsbury. I say approach, it's not really worked out for them, but, you know, I think that's that's an idea of what to expect. Uh, so we'll we'll see what comes against Shrewsbury, but I'm certain, as as you all are in the chat, I know we're all looking forward to it. So let us know what you think of our newest segment and we will hand over to Chris for his exceptionally busy fan zone, ben, fan focus.
0: Ben, before you do that, um, there's a few of us all be at Shrewsbury and obviously there are a few at Charlton. Well, if you do,
3: Seals,
0: come and say hello. That'd we love nice it when you say hello. I'm it's like, oh, It's <laughs> <laughs> it, is. Oh, it is. Come
1: and say hello. But yeah, we'll hand over to Chris for his fan zone, fan focus.
2: Hello. i oh, have already done that, haven't we? Sorry, I'm just fine. I'm looking for a comment because there's a, co- there's a there was a comment that was yeah there it is that ties in very nicely, um, which is from Vintage White who appears as Radix leptae, which interestingly is Latin for couch potato. So there you, go. there you go.
3: Today's lesson.
2: I know me Latin me. I don't. I looked it up online. Um, but it's this started from a comment from Leslie. Um, who mentioned, I mean, we saw a clear illustration yesterday. We saw a clear illustration at Wickham with Owen Toll's header, but yesterday with Randall Williams' unbelievable short corner. There was a a brilliant video on on Twitter. I don't know if everybody saw it. Um, I'll not mention the person because I'm not sure if she's a listener, but her dad said, I hate short corners. And then Randell Williams pops up with possibly yeah. one of the best set pieces you will ever see. Um, and she actually posted the video of it to actually provide some proof. Um set pieces have become a thing all of a sudden. Um and her play generally is improved. Um, and if he's listening, I'm not this isn't a go at you, Sam, but it's since Sam heard left the building on the 10th of October, and Matt Craddock stepped into the frame. Obviously, Matt has been working closely with the academy team and gaining a lot of really, really valuable experience of kind of instilling Everett Ball into the academy team. So, Leslie's question was, is this a coincidence? And then we lead on to David Green and Benny the Ball um, who also mentioned the introduction of Matt Craddock um, we've seen an upturn in form but it's also coincided with the Cavalry returning injured players coming back into the frame has that had an effect naturally it will but are we onto something there because obviously Sam Hurd, um was known for working on set pieces and, and trying to develop our set piece play, and also working closely as a defensive coach. And if you recall the MJ Williams episode, Ian Ever is very much focused on the attacking element of what we do, despite what you might think, women being a centre half. So it'd be interesting to hear in amongst you three, and also in the chat, what your thoughts are on that. So just to summarise. Do you think that Sam Heard leaving um and Matt Craddock being introduced as his replacement, albeit on a temporary basis until the recruitment process is complete, has it had an effect?
1: I I'll, I'll take you on that because I, I don't think it's so much Sam Heard leaving. I don't think that is the catalyst in itself. I think uh, Matt Craddock coming in. And perhaps steadying the ship a little bit, I would imagine there was a little bit of uncertainty, perhaps a little bit of anxiety about, you know, who has been probably a really great figure in and around, you know, the squad, to have him leave uh, and take up a really great job over, you know, with the FA. I could imagine that's probably caused some uncertainty. So to have then the replacement come in and familiarise himself with a group settle everyone down probably and you know switch things up probably a little bit give them you know a new way of you know training learning and um, preparing for games i'm sure that's probably had an impact and and giving them perhaps a little morale boost a little change uh, that they might have well needed i don't think so much sam heard leaving is
4: no, no, a benefit
1: but i think that that change and that you know the uplifting of some of that pressure and uncertainty around him leaving that I'm sure would have been, you know, present amongst the squad has probably eased off now and we're starting to see rhythm and continuity about our performances, which will be replicated then on the training ground. Who
2: um do you, do you who, think then who, hang on, sorry, just to finish off on that, Carl, do you think then that there is such a thing as a new assistant manager bounce?
1: Um, What's the Probably, you know, changing in any, any sort of workplace, whether it's, you know, your office nine to five or a football field, any change in management or, you know, the powers above, so to speak, is likely going to make you work harder because you're trying to impress someone else. Mm. So for all the guys in the squad now that probably will have met Matt and, you know, knew him, have now got a different relationship with him as opposed to it being, you know, a friendly face in and around the place. They've now got to work for him. They've now got to, you know, put the paces in on the training pitch. They've got to live up to, you know, his standards. And that change and perhaps excitement of having someone new to impress and prove themselves to, I would imagine, has probably done the lad some good. So, in terms of your assistant manager bounce, maybe, Chris, maybe you're onto something.
0: Who, um, who have we played since, um, since he left?
2: Chris. So, he left on the 10th of October. Right. So, that's, what will that be? Wickham, obviously yesterday, Wickham and Northampton. Northampton,
1: Wickham and Charlton. That's the three. And if you look at those games, you've gone from good and then not so good, good, not so good and good, and then good.
0: Well, I do know that Having watched the um, reaction of Charlton fans, both post and pre and post the game yesterday, and also the Wickham um, fans, both pre and post, both of them sets of supporters have indicated um, that they are very poor defensively and that d- defensively very poor from set pieces, especially Wickham. I think that was highlighted. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's too much of a, of, a, of, a, of a i think it's just the fact that we're playing poor teams to be honest in in that in that manner i think it's just coincidence I, i'm gonna sorry to poo poo it but
2: no 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 p-
0: the, the teams that were playing the teams that were playing are pretty crap to be honest
2: but Yeah, but if you look rule, at
1: carlisle you could then say that
3: sorry ben. yeah that corner though yesterday we we don't we don't do that so we
0: do though we do go short a lot we do work here. It. Not, in, like not it. in that fashion.
3: Not
1: when I watched that, long. you you take that that corner routine, especially the ball, the first time pass from George Thomason, back across, that was fantastic. You take that corner routine, that's something that you see out of the top six in the Premier League. That, that It was so well worked. It was so organised. The finish was incredible. The assist from Tomo was... The ball was just fantastic. Um, I,
2: actually, I actually thought you were going to say, Cole, when you were building up to what you just said. I thought you were... I, where you mentioned that they are poor at set pieces I actually thought that you were going to say it's because or they said should I say yeah um, they're so that Bolton team is so well drilled that from all the stuff that I've watched and read and listened to and what have you that has been an overriding thing that they commented on how well drilled we are um and a couple of weeks ago, and it is only a couple of weeks ago. From my own personal opinion, I thought we looked shambolic at times. I.e., we were, you know, we were, we we didn't look together. We didn't look joined up in the thirds or across the thirds. We just looked a bit of a mess. Now, now all of a sudden, and I'm not saying it's anything to do with it. Right? It's Sam. I mean, I think Chris mentioned it in in the chat. Chris Dickinson, if you can bring up his comment, please, Ben absolutely correct and it's like anything that we discuss you know we're looking at it from we're looking at from the stands we don't know any any
3: more than anyone else really no we know (laughs) nothing
2: listen you know listen to us if you want and believe us if you want but you know it is all speculation of course it is because we're not sat you know we're not at the training ground we're not in the changing room we're not on the coach or whatever you know we're not but just think,
0: thinking inside a, little, a box a little bit with
2: it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let, let, I'll just I'll just close this off by saying a massive thank you to the work that Sam Heard did. And I think you could see, if anybody watched um, Inside Match Day, every time, and I know it's only a small thing, but every time the players came out of that dressing room at the beginning of the second half, the person who was always there, giving them those final words of encouragement as he went back on the pitch was always Sam Hurd. He was all, he was obviously an influential figure in that dressing room um, and he obviously had held the respect to the players to have that. It might only seem small, but it's a, an important role to play because he's the last voice they hear before they go back out of that tunnel in the second half. So he's done a brilliant job. All the backroom staff, Peter Adelson as well, you've got to mention him. We always talk about Everett this, Everett
0: that. There's a team behind it. So just to put on and just, record. And just to add as well, that's why it looks like we've got more staff that oh we have got more staff than players. Because it's, not, was
3: just, because it's
0: not just the players who make the team, it's everybody else yeah. in the background. Yeah. And, and everybody should be aware of that when you look yeah. at just like that, in my
2: opinion. It's um it is like Dan's just said, losing Sam Erd is a blow. He was he was linked with managerial jobs, he was linked recently with the York job, I think it was, not not too long ago. And for somebody who is third in the pecking order behind Ian Everett and Peter Atherton, he's obviously highly thought of and he's gone to the PFA now to take a role. So he's obviously... Yeah, exactly. It's going to happen. If you breed success, people recognise it and reward it. Would he ever become our manager? Probably not. So he's the... Is there a succession planning thing in place at Bolton for Sam Hurt to become a manager? Probably not. So he's taking a better job. And absolutely, best of luck to him. He goes, with our blessings. But it's an important pair of shoes to fill. But I just thought, you know what? That's a really interesting topic of debate. And it's.
1: Who um, sent that one in?
2: So it started with Leslie Davis, and it was added to by David Green and Benny the Ball. Who spoke about Matt Craddock's introduction? Leslie spoke about Sam Heard Lever. So
1: thank you all very much for that. that. That was a, yeah. a good one. Enjoyed
2: that. Um, yeah. Finally, and I'll, I'll, I'll try and make this short and sweet because that one went off on a few tangents. And this one is from Luca Wondrous. Um And Luca, his comment is We have League One players. Therefore, if that is their level, will they ever be able? Or sorry, will they ever be good enough to take us to the championship? Or do we have to play like we're already there? Clues in the question. You've got to think about the question. Because I looked at it first and thought, what's he
0: talking about? Mm, of course the league that. one
2: plays. He played in League One. But okay, think that. about the standards that, that that they play at. Um, and I thought I, I thought that was really, really interesting because I think we we've, we've spoken about it before. About the levels and not playing in second halves, that the, the the kind of football that we play, this Everett ball, that's driven by methods from Bielsa, Guardiola, De Zerbe, et etc. Can you play it at League One level? So I thought it was a really interesting topic to 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 dissect. Um, for me, I think personally that. <laughs> sorry, I can see the comments. Um, for me. I think, and this also goes back to the best team in League One comment, which will never go away, is yeah. I think that this team, based on how we play and how effectively we play in the way that we play, will do better in the Championship. And I'm <sighs> setting myself up for a right Everett like backlash there.
0: Really but, yeah, well, sure I think. That. I, I
2: think, and I, I, let 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 me just back that up with. Why I say that, we always struggle against teams who are lowering the table. I'm just going to say that, because factually they are. That they play in a more direct way, um, more agricultural, dirtier, whatever you want to call it, more dark arts or whatever. They don't play expansive football, whereas teams in the Championship... Sorry, that was a bit of a David Brent hand gesture. But teams in the Championship, they do play a more expansive game of football, more sort of probably suited towards the Premier League or aiming towards the Premier League. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And as Dan's just mentioned, Ipswich are proof of that um, and the way that they play and the way that they're taught to play by Kieran.
3: I mean, uh, we did all right against Middlesbrough till that last 10 minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: That is a, a perfect example of it. And if you look at some of the teams in the Championship currently, you look at Ipswich, who probably demonstrated that, that best, you yeah. know, side
4: They did, but
2: look at Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday. I think probably Plymouth yeah. and Sheffield Wednesday were a better example.
0: Plymouth are. Yeah. Could, Plymouth.
2: Have, no, no, look at Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday as two teams from last season who, yeah. who were... You know what I mean? That it, it it was between those two. I mean, the, the run that Sheffield Wednesday had was unrivalled. They had a, an unbeaten run, which is comparable to Portsmouth right now. And look at them mm-hmm. now. That there's a lot of circumstances and there's a lot of things that come into into play. Two teams very similar on paper, but a...
0: my only question is with that is how many of them players that we've got now. I understand in terms of the methodology and the way that they play and how they program. Mm-hmm. You know, I do believe that you do start as you mean to go on as well in terms of how you want to progress, which is obviously what Everett's trying to achieve. Is. How many of them players are good enough to play? Bingo, in- bingo, and that. I think we've got. I
1: think we've got more than people probably recognize. And the thing is, it, it's tough to say because obviously you'll never know until you get there. But if you look at teams like rotherham as as one example that went up that played a relatively direct style of football uh, i know they had freddie lidapo at the time who you know you give the ball to him in the air and just hope for the best um that, that probably haven't got on quite as well in the championship but the, the the caliber of players that they had were more than good enough to sustain them there so i think it's less so perhaps When you get to the top end of the Championship, don't get me wrong, you have to spend big to compete. Look at Sunderland, look at Ipswich. You know The the budgets at that level is Mm -hmm. astonishing. But I think it's less so about the the calibre of player and more about the way that you play. And I think there's a good number of lads in our squad at the minute that would fare relatively well in the Championship. Don't get me wrong, you'd still need investment to survive at that level. Um, But I think the way that we play... He's far more suited to even teams at the bottom end of the championship. You look at Middlesbrough; we did really well there. They were flying high, you know, the season before. I aren't so much at the minute, but I think if you look, go from from a top championship team. Exactly, you look at bottom to top in our team. You know, Nathan Baxter is more than capable at the championship, or at least will be in. A year, two years time. Uh, he's still only he a young goalkeeper
0: playing in League One, though it's clear. As Absolutely. Day. Oh,
1: Owen, told, like. Owen told Owen toll can play there, could play there, and will only get better at that level. Rico Santos, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Geth is a little bit iffy. Um, I'm not sure. I think you might be looking at a replacement in Will Forrester, who could probably make that step up in maybe a years or two years time. Uh, Sheehan, I think, recently has showed that he absolutely could do. Thomason, he was wanted by a championship team, so I can't see any reason whatsoever why he couldn't play there. Um, you know, you could argue that he would have gone to Bristol City and be a rotation player, but obviously there's there's potential there for him to grow and become a, a sturdy championship player. Uh, Randell, I think, mm-hmm. could make the step up, especially if he carries on with his performances at the minute. Dacus right. Cogley, the exact, exact same. Dion, we've already said on this episode that he's a championship forward. So you, that's what 9 or 8 out of of our yeah, first so 11 games what, you could put in there.
0: Lost to add to that as well um Vic has played in the championship and so has Decker's Cogley as well. Yeah. Birmingham we um what I think what I think what I really really hope happens in January that we add championship players. One or two of them to, yeah, to the current squad. I agree with that. If we did, if we did that, then we're we're looking at a completely different end to the season than we've we've had in recent years. So
2: yeah. And yeah. I think yeah. going back That's to going back to the original question, and this is and all that just leads in perfectly. The closing comment was, "Or do we or do we have to play like we're already there?" And I think that is the the key to to it all that's the crux of the point and that's what we're doing Mm. and it will backfire sometimes
1: Mm. that's Herbert's mentality though isn't it you know he wants to get us to that level and he's not going to change his way of playing and his plan b that everyone you know so desperately wants to accommodate that because he knows that if you chop and change your system now then when you need to play that system with fluidity and consistency at the championship level the lads are going well Shit the bed for you know 10 15 games last season we played a 4-4-2 and all we did was lump it forward Mm. and you know you can't you can't do that you have to have consistency at the championship more than anywhere else probably um you can't rely on, I mean, even at the top levels of the Premier League, you can rely on individual talent to sort of save your season. But at the Championship, you have to be on it every single week. And I think Everett knows that, understands that, and he's trying to get his players on that same page.
2: And the final comment this week comes from Jim the Wanderer, and it's you, Whites. He's been on the beer all day. So,
0: thank you for that, Jim. Cheers, Jim.
2: Shall so I just
3: mention the form table? Sorry, Liam. I've not managed to slip it in anywhere. So, yeah, Liam did send um, me a tweet earlier, which is we're currently sat second in the form table from the last six. Obviously, five wins and a loss, just under Portsmouth. Um, and I think from I think the point he's making is from some people's reactions, you wouldn't think we were doing that well. But actually, <laughs> not bad, is it?
4: Not, at <laughs> it's all not
3: all
0: bad, that Portsmouth game in a few weeks is going to be something, isn't it? Oh. oh, good God! Oh, Lordy. yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a sellout, I
2: reckon. Yeah, we need to be, we need to be the team that beat that. Sorry, I think it pen's leaking. We need to be that team that <laughs> that that, that bust that record for me, and that 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 will be that will be a
0: statement result. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll 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 drop point. They'll lose before then. You think? Yeah, they've come close the last couple of weeks. Yes. Yesterday, they, they they were lucky. Yeah.
2: Absolute hats off to them. But though. still, it'll still be a
0: massive game, regardless. Yeah. Any been, team that can yeah. put
2: a run like that together.
0: Absolutely. At any level. At any level. Yeah. So, concern, so ourselves with Only concern ourselves no, about anybody else. It's going all concern ourselves about ourselves. It doesn't matter about anybody else, what we do.
3: For the bell ringer
1: oh christ
0: smelling from me sad
1: we're uh we're gonna end on a slightly more somber note um which is a shame but we've got a a little thing so we're just going to play it and then we'll, we'll obviously talk to you about it after I can i can see colin pulling his face um but for a oh, yeah. lot of people um who i mean if you've not heard obviously matthew perry who pay, played chandler bing in a very very well loved series right across the world in friends touched quite a lot of people in quite a, a really quite special way um probably made people laugh at a time where they couldn't even fathom or or imagine laughing. And I know many of you watching this will probably have been in that same boat, you know, myself included. Um, He was a very, very special man and did wonderful things, I'm sure a lot of people. And it felt right uh, to give it, you know, to you as well, that... He did wonderful things for a lot of people. And at a time where people probably felt really low, didn't feel like doing anything, and the last thing they probably thought about was laughing, he made that happen for so many different people. And um just felt nice to, to give it to you all because uh, he was a, a really, really special man. And it's very, very... Uh- <laughs> unassociated to the fan zone pod in any way shape or form
0: yeah listen, but that was, that was what that was why i had that expression i'm not disputing what he was what you know what long-lasting memories he'll give us all by simply just turning on netflix and enjoying that wonderful sitcom that was friends and i watch it still quite regularly when i get a, a spare f- half an hour um but yeah the, the expression was purely
3: we didn't know it we was coming that, so I
0: think we're all exactly only knew about it because I was on early. So um... well, well I was lucky after my son, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> no, 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 not, i
0: weren't a day. No, I was on at like quarter to ten.
2: Like... <laughs> all right,
3: boys, I'm bags.
0: <laughs> no, listen, Ben, it's a nice touch, I like it. And, and yeah, it was a one it was a one genius, actually. Uh, genius, ben, were you even genius. born when it was first um,
3: out?
1: Not whilst it was first out, um, but it has become uh, certainly a, a comfort comedy for myself. It is a thing, it spans the generations.
3: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Because, he, because, he is a fre- because he is a friend or was a friend, it does feel like a little bit of a, a loss to a lot of people. So. Yeah. But, like, absolutely.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So we will finish on that now. Uh, thank you all very much for watching. Uh, we really appreciate you all tuning in. It's been another busy one. Uh, recent weeks has just been you know phenomenal you are all constantly tuning in dropping your comments in engaging with the podcast and it is absolutely fantastic so thank you all very very much and we will see you in the next one take care go on you lights